Hello everyone and welcome to the 8th episode of the Sakvi podcast. This is your host as always Manoj and today we are with us Arun who's a lead consultant at Ajira Tech and we are going to be talking about a particularly tricky multi-tenant system that Arun and his team developed for a business process management uh, system. And uh, hey, welcome Arun and uh, would you like to introduce yourself also talk a bit about uh, what Ajira does and also what you're doing at Ajira. and then we can start hey manoj uh, thank you for having me in your podcast uh, yeah so i have been with ajira for the past couple of years but uh, been in the industry for about 13 years uh, so ajira uh, has a, has their own product called casa which uh, does a targeted marketing it really helps you in creating smart campaigns based on uh, uh, a lot of ml and ai that comes behind it um and uh, it also has its own software development division uh, which is, which is the major constituent of what we do in ajira and i am a part of that uh, team so we kind of help a lot of our customers uh, try solve their uh, very uh, kind of complex engineering problems um and uh, yeah i i was uh, thinking of sharing one such uh, um you know one such experience that i was having with ajira while working with uh, our customers Great. So um, I hear that you are uh, trying to you uh, build a business process management system, and that was the tricky part of it was with uh, handling the multi-tenant part of it, and you chose Kamunda and so on. So it was very interesting to read a bit about it. So uh, before we go into the tech details of it and what the challenges were, uh, can you explain what the exact uh, business problem was? And obviously it was uh, business process management, but some uh, some more details into what it was. Yeah. Sure. so uh just to correct you we were not really trying to build a business process management one philosophy that we follow in ajira is never rebuild the wheel if you have one reuse it and try to customize um so what we were trying uh, so we were working for a customer uh, who is uh, essentially building a service delivery uh, platform so by service delivery um like if you if you're talking about a huge enterprise uh, you could probably have multiple needs uh, of uh, the enterprise like for example they are starting a a uh, project and they want to have an uh, s3 bucket to be created or onboarding of a user and stuff like that uh, so all of this involves a bunch of processes and uh, it could be a process which is related to uh, cloud uh, managing the cloud installing it uh, into provisioning your systems and stuff like that so the whole idea was to make it into a zero touch environment wherein uh, the processes that is typically done Uh, are all automated by the system and uh, from an end user perspective you get a uh, an amazon or a flipkart like experience when you want to leverage one of the uh, services from the delivery platform so that's uh, that's what uh, we were trying to build for them um, you could say an e-commerce in an enterprise world so when uh, you talk about enterprise world uh, then we are going to talk about a number of uh, uh, workflows and approval flows uh, over there so for example now let's say uh, uh, there's a new project is starting up and they need a jenkins server for example so that would essentially mean that you create an easy to instance install jenkins in it uh, and then uh, you give back the information to the end user but uh, when you want to do that you basically have to get the approval from your manager your architect probably and then the finance department because uh, it involves uh, money and uh, ultimately uh, if everyone approves then you kind of go and uh, start creating those resources so the creation of resources is uh, all automated but the process of workflow needs to go through people because people need to look into it this was the part that we thought of bringing into the uh, overall system 
and the way we wanted uh, to do it was to make it into a uh, by uh, to to leverage a standard that is available in the market right so bpm and 2.0 or business process management notation 2.0 is one of the standards uh, that is available in the market uh, which uh, helps you in defining uh, a platform independent uh, workflow uh, workflow okay so we basically wanted to take some of the workflows that they have as a part of their existing systems and uh, use it uh, in ours so that uh, you know the approval flow is kind of mimicked from whatever they have into ours that's the whole idea behind uh, uh, this integration that we were looking at yeah that gives a good enough you know, context for me around bpm and and what you were trying to solve uh, and i do know that you finally chose comunda so could you uh, give a view into what were the different tools or frameworks that you evaluated and then why did you finally focus on kamunda sure and um, is it kamunda how do you pronounce it yeah it is kamunda i guess yeah okay. we have always called it kamunda i hope it is uh, okay <laughs> so um we did take a look into jbpm which is uh, uh, which is one of the oldest player in the market but uh, we somehow felt it uh, had too many uh controls in it and it was really complex um the philosophy behind the jbpm was again uh, to make it as uh, uh as less developer uh, uh, i mean uh, the intervention of developers that are required to use a jbpm would be less it would be more user driven kind of a thing um which was not really working for us because we had to uh, integrate it along with our existing system and we needed a lot of customizations uh, possibility of customizing uh, the overall thing uh, into our application so um, we were not really going with jbpm over there and it was also bundled with jboss and uh, we were not very happy about uh, the memory footprint that we are going to have um, the other thing quick question uh, here uh, sorry to yeah. cut you uh, so uh, the whole uh, so at least in my mind uh, i don't know a lot about the official official uh, use cases around bpmn but i would think at least a lot of it is around make ensuring that users can drive a lot of it right so when you say jppm is uh, too complex yeah complexity is one side of it but it it has too much of ability to uh, like uh, customize or, or use it from the user perspective and not from a developer perspective wouldn't we be uh, uh, siding towards more towards the user side than the developer side uh, that was my initial uh, understanding of it from what i try to do a bit of research on what you were doing so why would you say that that makes it a, a negative aspect of jbpm apart from the complexity set of things so uh, i think uh, i'm missing some point there so that's what i wanted to start so uh, uh, that uh, uh, so the, the most important thing that we were looking at was the ability for us to customize the system uh, and uh, not really into so we were not really giving them a business process management system we were only trying to leverage whatever was already defined uh, from them or give them basic abilities to define workflows and then use it as a part of our system um customization was uh, really the king uh, when it comes to uh, uh, choosing uh, the bpm and system jbpm was we felt that it was not really that easy to do it or we felt kamunda was much more easier uh, in in terms of customizations um if you actually take a look into our uh, uh, work i mean uh, the uh, the overall workflow that we are looking at it is mostly approval processes it is not any complex uh, business process management process wherein you define multiple processes and then communication between those and stuff like that most of it is like linear in uh, nature and we really did not require 
on overload of all those features as a part of the platform that was one of the major uh, uh, things and uh, so generally when you have too many features it also makes it really confusing uh, and uh, our needs were kind of minimal and we we thought uh, it was not really a good fit for us so if you actually open the jbpm thing you will have so many icons and drag and drop things and it is i mean we really felt it confusing to start with uh, especially when i was new to the bpm world and that was the first thing that i looked at i kind of got overwhelmed yeah makes sense and uh, you mentioned that uh, you wanted to do a lot of uh, dev integrations right so could you give me some examples of that so that i could understand that a bit better um sure so we had the requirement to integrate with ldap one of the examples so that uh, when it comes to assigning uh, the approval uh, you can search for your immediate manager or a functional group and then do all those stuff we already had the capability as a part of our existing platform and uh, we didn't want to duplicate it in two different platforms that was one the other thing is making a call uh, so when the process is done we wanted to ensure that uh, it kind of comes back and uh, uh, updates our uh, parent system again so that uh, the rest of the uh, you know fulfillment of the request uh, uh, takes care of um, those were uh, the other kind of uh, things that we wanted to do and we thought uh, when uh, you could wrap the whole thing into a spring uh, spring application and then um, write your own custom classes which can be used uh, internally that was uh, that would be really cool the other major thing that we were also looking at was from a ui uh, perspective so um, though we were looking at uh, using existing bpm and notations uh, and uploading it over here we also wanted to give uh, users uh, who who have not defined any of these processes a ui to uh, leverage and then drag and drop and create it um, we, uh, the kamunda actually came up uh, with a nice uh, Uh, uh software that you can install called the kamunda modeler where you can drag drag and drop and uh, create a simple workflow over there or, or create any kind of a workflow over there they also gave a uh, 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 js framework called the dpmn.io uh, using which you could directly integrate it with your website and you get almost all the capabilities uh, uh, that you have as a as your as a part of your de- desktop implementation uh, on your web and uh, as i was mentioning so um let's say you have a bunch of tasks at the end i want to i mean if everything is approved i want to make it a call back uh, to my uh, parent system or i have to call back my parent system and tell that the approval is uh, rejected and stuff like that so right so those components uh, since it was a js framework we could customize it and then make it into a, a you can drag directly and then put those components so that uh, internally translating it into an end component or a, or a system task is uh, done uh, uh as a part of the uh, uh, as a part of the system and not really a headache of the user that was something that we wanted to really drive towards and uh, kamunda gave us both the capabilities from uh, the engine that is running the whole bpm uh, process and also from the uh, ui integration perspective um we also found that for uh, for kamunda the um, administrative side that is uh, they have something called the cockpit wherein you see all the uh, deployments that are there the processes uh, that you have and stuff like that that was really neat for every individual who logs in who wants to do an approval uh, uh, or look at the tasks that are assigned to him they have a separate task list and uh, that also had a very clear separation and uh, you also had uh, um, a really neat way of doing uh, um rbac uh, so uh, so you can have add users you can assign uh, specific access to them you can define uh, the access controls and stuff like that and uh, it also came uh, about with uh, multi tenant uh, 
integration uh, which kind of uh, you know fulfilled all of our needs okay so i think you mentioned kamuda and the jbpm uh, were there any other tools that you uh, evaluated or uh, yeah we across, did uh, look into something called bonita uh, but bonita did not have uh, like a, a server wrappable um, interface uh, that, that they were trying to give us so we were not really able to leverage it um we had to install it in our local machine and uh, do stuff sir uh, so we we did a very shallow research on it and we kind of uh, dropped it because we thought it was not going to work for us we were also looking at other uh, node based uh, uh, options there was something called no flow which uh, they said uh, would help you in building the uh, workflow but it was not really a, J, uh, a bpm and 2.0 compliant stuff like that um yeah and there was also one more library in node which i am not able to i think it was bpm and node or something like that but uh, uh i don't clearly remember why we were not able to leverage it it was not having all the features that uh, kamunda was able to do we were kind of convinced with kamunda when we tried it and it 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 really worked wonderfully for our use case so uh, i think i might have heard about kamunda sometime back but never used it obviously and Um, yeah. Before this podcast, I was doing a bit of research. So, can you talk a bit about how the team behind it makes money, and just to get, give some context around the tool? And uh, I think there are multiple different components to it, right? and there is also the workflow engine, which is also open source separately, the Zeep or something. Yeah. So, uh, so and so, if you give uh, a bit of details around those areas, and I think there is a cloud component to it as well, uh, what I could gather. Uh, and what is uh, what is that workflow engine, which is uh, also like a separate open source uh, tool? uh so uh, they have uh, i mean the whole platform is actually open sourced uh, i uh, i think they are based out of germany and uh, the whole platform is actually open sourced uh, built on top of spring uh, or java and uh, you can run it as a je uh, uh, application or a spring application they also provide you with cloud offering uh, of their own platform self uh, hosted by them and then managed by them and uh, that was that is one of the things that uh, by which they make money and uh, the other thing uh, is uh, they also do consulting from a bpmn perspective uh, for companies which need a bpmn uh, um, uh, they do consulting that's that's what i read about uh, in their website as well so uh, at a high level i think those are the two uh, uh, you know major ways by which they are trying to make money but uh, i mean from a tool perspective open source it's it's really kick ass it's it's good it's good to know yeah so uh, so once you decided that you wanted to do uh, use uh, kamunda and go ahead uh, so how did your initial uh, system look like what was your uh, initial setup okay um so before i go there uh, just a small uh, couple of things about uh, uh, kamunda and how uh, the whole thing happens so when you are trying to use a when you have a bpm and file you basically have something uh, like an approval dot bpm uh, a bpm and file okay so kamunda would give you the ability to upload this file and uh, once you upload it it creates something called a deployment deployment is like uh, in a tomcat server you deploy your application you can have multiple applications deployed under different uh, um, context right so it is something like that so each bpm process that you trying to deploy will be called as a separate deployment each deployment can have uh, multiple services so each service is like an instance of a workflow uh, for example let's say i am uh, having a, a request that requires a manager approval um, so that will have a deployment called the manager approval and when i am 
uh, when I am making a call to the request, it would uh, create a service specific to that user's request. Okay, uh, that's that's called a service. And a workflow can in turn contain multiple tasks. Okay, um, and uh, each task kind of uh, linearly executes, and uh, once one completes, the other one goes on. So in this case, we would essentially have something called a user task, wherein the manager would go and approve that uh, particular task. Um, so until the manager approves, the task will kind of uh, stay in the memory or in your database, uh, however you would like to see it, or in the system. And once the manager approves it, it kind of goes to the next task and uh, continues on. So that's how uh, overall uh, uh, Kamunda BPM and workflow execution happens. Okay. So what we did was we uh, we leveraged the Spring Boot uh, um, plugin that they had. So we kind of uh, wrapped the whole Kamunda into a Spring Boot application. We created a, an RDS database for it, and uh, we did a simple ECS deployment. Uh, that's how we kind of got the Kamunda system working. And um, when it came to integrating it between uh, Kamunda and uh, our own system, we leveraged the APIs that they were exposing. They had a neat set of RESTful APIs. So um, we initially were exposing the whole Kamunda system to the end user to start with, but then uh, it did not really make sense. So we wrote a wrapper as a part of our own application, wherein uh, it tried to, uh, the uploading of the DPMN uh, would actually happen as a part of your, uh, as a part of the uh, parent system, okay, wherein uh, you upload the DPMN or create the DPMN and it automatically gets uploaded. Uh, and uh, deploying it into Kamunda was done using an API call. Okay, so we started leveraging the API calls to create the deployments, to create the services whenever uh, a new request kind of came in. And uh, we also implemented callbacks from Kamunda at the end of uh, each process uh, to notify whether the overall process is approved or rejected. So um, you have a task called the uh, service task, which can um, basically do uh, restful calls or actually have a java implementation which will make you uh, which will help you make a callback uh, to your system so um, that is how we initially put the system um, so as uh, it it was a system which required uh, users intervention because it's an approval system uh, the first challenge that we had was we had to replicate all the users that were there in the existing system into the kamunda system as well um, so every time a task was kind of triggered, we would uh, figure out uh, if it's a manager approval that is required or if it is a, a functional approval that is required. And we would give uh, the user information back to Kamunda, which will go and assign it. Uh, so the assignment would happen in, to the users inside the Kamunda. So now what happens is if, uh, if the, um, these integrations uh, in the parent system were done um, based on the LDAP configurations that are there uh, from the uh, uh, from the tenants uh, uh, network. So every time a new user comes in, you have to take the effort of replicating them again into Kamunda. So uh, the number of moving parts started to build up. Okay, that was, uh, uh, that was a terrible thing. Uh, you will actually uh, have a new user come in and we want to create a, like a onboard the user, but you will not have the user in Kamunda and you won't be able to figure out the manager of the user. These were some of the issues uh, that you kind of uh, you know end up having uh, over there. So um, that was uh, probably the first cut that we had, wherein every BPM and upload was becoming a, a deployment, and uh, um, the creation of the workflow or execution of the workflow or uh, 
was uh, handled from uh, the parent system using the API. One question I had here was, uh, so you mentioned that uh, uh, Commander provides ability to have a drag and drop UI where people can create the BBM files or, or also provides the hooks for you to create a UI as well, right? So which approach did you go with? Uh, you did mention that uh, people uploaded BPM from the application that you had. Uh, you had both, uh, both the setup, is it? Okay. Both. Yeah, you can upload if you have one, but if you want to create one, uh, they had the ability of creating a new one wherein you gave the drag and drop. So internally, it would generate the BPM and uh, XML format, uh, which we uh, just uploaded it into the Kamunda uh, system. And uh, your application also provided an ability in, in its UI uh, yeah. uh, to create the BPM files also. Yeah. So ours was a Vue.js based uh, application. Okay. Uh, so we just took the BPM and IO, added it as a dependency and uh, wrote a wrapper around it. It was really neat. All right. Cool. So, and uh, did you, uh, did you use some uh, drag and drop library implementation for it? No, no, no. Uh, the bpm.io uh, okay. uh, had uh, all of these. So, I mean, the usability that you get out of the desktop was uh, mostly replicated as a part of the web uh, UI as well. Okay, got it. So, uh, from what I'm hearing, a lot of the problems were due to the multi-tenant aspect of it, right? So, how did you start uh, solving some of the problems that you mentioned around uh, those deployments blowing up, uh, managing user data and all that. Sure. So uh, I'll probably talk a bit about the deployment blowing up as well. So, so every time you upload, it creates a deployment. So if uh, a particular tenant has like uh, 20 different approvals, I'm just giving a number, you will have 20 deployments. You just multiply it by the number of tenants. So you're going to have uh, M cross N number of deployments. That kind, of, that kind of made it crazy. So if you open the cockpit, you will see so many deployments and uh, you will not know which one is what. The other major point there was not all the deployments were actually used uh, at uh, all the point of time. Yeah, most of them were special case deployments. So uh, something that requires an approval from the finance head was a very, very special case deployment, but you had to define the uh, workflows for them so that uh, when the request kind of comes in, you are able to trigger it. Uh, and uh, this was unnecessarily creating uh, uh, or uh, eating up a lot of memory in the server and we had to add additional servers and stuff like that. This was not needed. Okay. The other thing was, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the user replication. Um, the user replication was a bigger headache. We were, we were getting into a lot of edge cases as a part of that. So we wanted to solve that. So we first picked the user um, uh, part and then uh, solve it. So what we decided to do was, since we already have the LDAP uh, implementation as a part of uh, our parent system, we, uh, we thought we will just keep things very simple, just like, a, um, like an item potent function. You just pass in, input to it, it just acts on it, right? Uh, so we wanted to uh, leverage this uh, idea at an infrastructure level. So we thought we will give all the relevant information that uh, my workflow requires when it needs it and then let it work with it, okay? So that was the uh, strategy that we uh, wanted to go about with. So for that, we, uh, when we were looking into the API documentation, we found that uh, for a user task, uh, it had something called task listeners, okay? So a task listener is like a, um, a lifecycle hook, okay? So you can uh, make uh, a code execute uh, when it is, uh, when the task is kind of starting or when the task is getting assigned or and the task is ending or getting deleted and stuff like that. So, uh, so we wanted to leverage this kind of a hook. What we did was for every 
uh, user uh, tasks we defined um, we defined a start uh, task listener which would uh, which would actually carry the information of what kind of a user needs to do this activity for example if it's a manager uh, i mean uh, like an immediate manager of the user then it would be like a manager approval at a level of plus 1 okay so we give a level information of 1 and the manager class name as one of the input so this was added at the task start so this would make a, a call back to our parent system the call back to our parent system would essentially contain the information of the task id the the, the service information and also um, uh you know uh, what kind of approval is required so in that way what happened was uh, we were able to figure out uh, which user needs to act on this and maintain uh, that user uh, assignment to the specific task information also as a part of a table in the source system itself so we had a neat table wherein it had the task id uh, the assigned to uh, task for kind of information so Uh, you have the task id and the assigned to information based on the assigned to information when the user kind of logs in to the ui of the parent system he will see all the tasks that are assigned to him he can go and act on it so when he acts on it it would uh, make a call to the task specific uh, information to either approve it or reject it so we we just used uh, the api to an extra level wherein not just creation of the service or the workflow but even uh, the operation of the task uh, whether it is approval or rejection was also handled as a part of the api so all kamunda was trying to do right now was hold the workflow for us uh, as a uh, um, i mean it was just a holder which will help us uh, run the overall workflow but all the information that is required uh, from the workflow perspective were all available as a part of the parent system so this the uh, this uh, helped us in uh, rescuing us from uh, replicating the users replicating uh, i mean maintaining uh, tenant specific uh, uh, segregation and all of those things out of the uh, you know kamunda system and then have it all as a part of our resource system uh, this was uh, our first level victory uh, towards making it uh, uh, much more maintainable the next issue that we had was uh, we were still not solving the issue with a lot of deployments uh, being uh, over there so we thought uh, instead of us creating the deployment every time a user uh, uploads uh, the bpm in process uh, it would uh, probably make more sense if we only create the deployment if the user needs to uh, uh, i mean if there is a request that needs to run so for example what we did was uh, whenever a user tries to upload a bpm in uh, file okay instead of us doing a deployment directly into kamunda we uploaded it into an s3 bucket okay uh, we took the uh, uh, url of the i mean we generated a uuid for the uploaded one and then we saved this information as a part of another table so this information would uh, get associated so let's say it's a manager approval workflow manager approval workflow is going to have uh, a manager approval.bpm and file uh, which is now in s3 bucket and we will already we would have already associated the manager approval workflow uh, with an existing request type okay so now let's say it's a request type to create uh, an azure uh, um, uh, uh, sql database uh, for example in in such a situation it will have a manager approval workflow associated with it so whenever request for the manager approval workflow comes in that is when we would uh, 
pull the information from the S3 bucket, leverage the same API integration that we had earlier uh, with Kamunda, do the deployment at that point of time, create this uh, service at, uh, for that particular deployment, and then leverage it as a part of this particular request. So what happened was each and every workflow that was getting executed had its own deployment uh, running in Kamunda. So this kind of cleared out all the other unwanted uh, deployments that were there in Kamunda. And we were able to control the deploy and the undeploy whenever the overall workflow started or completed, right? And uh, to add to it, we also had the user information also handled as a part of the parent system. And uh, things were like totally smooth uh, at the end. So uh, now it was truly like an item potent system wherein you pass the information, it just acts on whatever information uh, that you pass it and it uh, returns you back uh, the result. So, um, so we didn't, I mean, we didn't have to worry about uh, anything after this from, uh, you know, even logging into the Kamunda console because it just became like a headless uh, service, uh, service for us. So it, it was just a container for doing the, uh, or folding the workflow for us. At, at any point in time uh, during this uh, kind of sort of like a refactoring, right? Did you feel like uh, you're not putting Kamunda to the full use or maybe because one of the things that you mentioned as advantage of Kamunda is the multi-tenancy uh, aspect of it, right? And, right? and what is the general community take on it? Because it seems like you did have to do a bit of work on top of it. Do you think it, this are due to limitations of Kamunda or it's due to your peculiar requirements that you had to do some of it? It was a peculiar requirement from our end. Kamunda as a system uh, working as a multi-tenant uh, would actually be really good. Uh, but uh, we did not want to be uh, Kamunda um, uh, administrators. We only wanted the, the, the need of the, the system or our requirement need was more uh, with respect to execution of the business process and not really, you know, maintain a business process management system and then give that as a service to the end user, right? The, only, uh, the need was more uh, with respect to uh, our workflow management system. So uh, our execution of the workflow and uh, the solution that we kind of uh, drove towards helped us in leveraging that. Um, I did have this thought wherein, uh, hey, you can directly do the LDAP integration, you can do multi-tenancy and all of this, but uh, the trade-off that we were, uh, uh, but if you are kind of trading off all, uh, I mean, not leveraging all the features and then sticking to just the bare bones of uh, the Kamunda running, uh, I think it really helped us in reducing the, uh, the overhead uh, of maintenance uh, that we were earlier facing. Um, so, I mean, just imagine it's like a startup company, which is uh, trying to uh, get their uh, platform up and running and you, you investing a lot of time in uh, trying to uh, you know figure out things that are not even related directly to your business is uh, not a great idea so when uh, we reduce this um, you know maintenance uh, nightmare for all the people and we had all the data available as part of only one system uh, it kind of gave them the ability to uh, um, you know make things extremely simplified so that was the uh, major uh, advantage uh, yes, people are going to probably criticize me for not leveraging Kamunda for its full abilities, but uh, uh, in our case specifically, this really worked uh, well. Um, yeah, that's uh, and most importantly, we didn't have to uh, add so many servers uh, just to hold uh, you know 
deployments which are not even uh, currently being used so it, it made a lot of sense uh, in that case yeah, thanks for darun i think those are all the questions that i had and i think you have given a very detailed intro to bpm systems kamunda and what are the potential challenges that someone could face while trying to implement them i think it was very useful uh, i have never really gone into the depth so i think a lot of us do implement some sort of workflow systems here and there very similar systems but not really work uh, per se around bpm systems so you can at least me a lot of context around it and i think in future if the need arises i'll come back to this podcast and get some learning from you or even contact you sometime thanks a lot thank you any thank closing you. comments from you uh it was a uh, really great talking uh, in your podcast manoj and thanks for the opportunity um one closing comment yes ajira is uh, recruiting so uh, if there's if there's uh, uh, you know uh, people who are, who want challenging uh, uh, tech uh, problems to solve then we are open please uh, reach out to uh, me in linkedin or uh, to ajira uh, channel in so thanks arun uh, i'll i'll drop a link to your uh, linkedin and also to ajira's website on the podcast description thank you manoj and sure. uh, i i am sorry if i am uh, you know uh, leveraging uh, the podcast session for this uh, activity no no you took the time to come here so it's <laughs> my turn to at least do something right so yeah no problem thanks a lot thanks yeah, bye bye